Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Pettit. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And it is time today, Marjorie, to talk about what we're watching, what we're reading, and what we're listening to, basically all the good stuff that we're consuming. This is always my fav- one of my favorite episodes of the month because I try never to look at your notes so that I'm completely surprised by what you're watching, reading, and listening. I This is the best thing I think you can do with your girlfriends is share good content. So you're going to love my first watch. Give it so to me. So you, a long time ago, had recommended watching Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Lab on Netflix. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, that's a really great series. Okay, I never did, but I will go back and watch that because what I watched and said, I thought I was watching that, but what I was actually watching was the first episode of Sex, Love, and Goop. Oh, my gosh. This is like the sexual revolution of 2021 that Gwyneth Paltrow is oh. at the helm of. The amount of vibrator, uh, <laughs> just the the full range of what she's yes. selling on Goop.com yeah. is unbelievable. I was on her website the other day because I'm looking for this. I'm going to get one of these, like, wellness mats. That's like right. a story for another day that we'll talk about. But okay. in order to get through to the wellness mat that they sold, that I wanted to see what they said about it, <laughs> I, because uh, I'm doing all this research, I had to scroll through, I think like, I, there had to be at least a dozen different sexual pleasure apparatus yeah. that they are yeah. hawking on Goop. And this is all uh, then in combination with this show on Netflix. And she's brilliant. She's so smart. Oh, she's so smart. And sex, love and Goop. If you're uncomfortable with the discussion of sexual pleasure and masturbation, you really don't want to be watching this series because that's what it's all about. But I'm I'm telling you, Elizabeth, I only got through the first 15 minutes of the first episode. <laughs> and I'm watching it with my husband. And have you seen it yet? No, no, okay, I haven't. Well, here, I love that you're watching it with Ian. That's really great. Here's the spoiler alert. Don't call it your vagina. It's your vulva. Okay, that yes. whole area. That's yep. your vulva. Mm-hmm. And I realized something at 57, Elizabeth. That not only have I never seen my own vulva, I have never seen 12 other people's vulvas. <laughs> and it was shocking. They're all different, Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh. My and dream. some of them, I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> so, just a heads this up, everybody. This is very funny. This is a very funny I'm start to the show. going to finish it, but it's a lot. It's a lot. But the one thing I will say, and this is the last thing I'll say about it. So they have this sex expert who's all about how to pleasure yourself, all about having orgasms. Orgasms are great. Got to do it, whether telling your mate about pleasure. And that's the other thing, by the way. There are couples involved in this that are doing things on camera. Wow. They have jobs. Yeah. How do they go back to their job? I don't know. I don't know. 
but anyway, so this woman's like 90, Elizabeth. And when they talk to her, like she'll be in like crisscross applesauce position. Do you know how hard that is for a 90-year-old? That's and unbelievable. She's super limber. Her skin looks great. That's all so, those orgasms. I'm telling you. So I looked it up. I said, do orgasms help with wrinkles? <laughs> and apparently they do. Which so it, wrinkle? Where are the wrinkles? <laughs> That is very good. Anyway, I love so that's it. What I'm, well, I'm glad you're watching it. Way to go, Marjorie. Way to yeah. do it. That's really yeah. great. Um, yeah. I'm watching something with a decidedly different tone, but uh, okay. you know, it's equally focused on pleasure and delight and enjoying wonderful things about life. And that is Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy, which yes. it's a CNN production. I found it on HBO Max. So, yeah. you know, I think you can kind of find it. This is how the streaming services are merging together, but I really enjoy it. I like Stanley Tucci very much. Yeah. And he is exploring. He is he is Italian. His parents are Italian. They spent a year when he was a kid living in Florence. And and so he goes through the 20 regions of Italy and really discovers the different, you know, the regional differences with food, which I think is so fascinating because, of course, it's so easy to just go, oh, that's Italian food. Right. When the Italian food of the north is completely different than the Italian food of the south. But it's just magical. I wanted to I, – I started watching it the other night because I just like – Wanted to not watch anything stressful. I, and I just wanted it to be like, I wanted to float along on a little vacation and that's what it feels like. So I think you should watch it. I do. I wish that he would be a little bit more descriptive in terms of his reactions to the food. Yep. This is like my food. I don't well, know. Like no, little... that's a great. I've seen it. I loved it. I, I mean, I worked, I produced food television for like five years. And so for me, I'm pretty picky about the food TV I'll watch because it feels like or used to, it felt like work. Yeah. Like if I'm watching it, it feels like work. But yeah. I have been a fan of Stanley Tucci since his movie Big Night, which if you've never seen it, it's a foodie movie. It's a beautiful movie. It's Stanley yeah. Tucci, Campbell Scott, Isabella Rossellini. Tucci wrote the screenplay, directed the movie. I mean, this is one smart, lovely man. It's a great, great movie. But so the thing about Searching for Italy, and I think you nailed it, and if I were producing him, which would be a delight, obviously, <laughs> that is the one thing. It's a lot of Stanley Tucci eating and going, mmm. Mm, delicious. Mm, right. Mm. He just says delicious. Yeah. And I think that, th- that you're, you're sort of dead on is that I think he has an, a sophisticated enough palate that he could dissect the, this is delicious a little bit more. But that having been said, that's such a small criticism of what is exactly what you said it was. It's like a travelogue kind of thing. You get to see beautiful places in Italy. You get to see him delight in the beautiful places in Italy and in the food. And he meets some really nice people along the way. It's yeah. it's a great sort of mostly food, but travel show at the same time. Totally. And it's fun to see him hit this stride at this point in his career because he's in mm-hmm. his 60s. And it's just, it's really, it's I, I CNN or whoever CNN hired to produce this just did a beautiful job. It's beautiful. It's just magical to look at. Watch it yeah. on the biggest TV that you have yeah, that's so that advice. you can see all of just like the gorgeous panoramic shots of the beautiful scenery of Italy. I mean, yeah. that in and of itself, it's just like blood pressure lowering TV. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's really nice. Okay, tell me what you're reading. So I'm reading a book called In Tune with the Infinite, and this was recommended to me by a former coworker, Rob Poulin, who you probably know him, who, and he 
is one of those people who's a searcher. So he's always reading interesting things. And so just in passing, he mentioned this book. And I'm like, wait, what's that book? And it's by an author named Ralph Waldo Trine. And it was written in 1897. Oh, and boy. It's fascinating because this guy is considered, this writer is considered, or philosopher is considered one of the first people in the new thought movement, which for us would be considered the new age movement. This is the book that influenced books like The Secret, all of those kind of things. And I thought you would be particularly interested that he is a graduate of the University of Wisconsin. The great University of Wisconsin. But I have to read you one quick quote from this. It's, it's, I'll read it quickly, but it's not a short quote. But I think this will resonate with you in a way that you will be like, what? This is from 1897? <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll say one quick thing. So, I know some of the work of Mary Baker Eddy, who's the founder of Christian Science. Yeah. You know, a lot of people know that religion, but they know it because we just hear sort of in popular culture, oh, Christian scientists, they won't use medicine, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Christian Science is actually a fascinating religion. Mary Baker Eddy founded it about 30 years before this guy wrote this book. Oh. And what's so bizarre is so much of what he's saying, she said. Oh. Which is always so interesting that... It, it's just interesting. But here's the quote. This is still phenomenal that this is from 1897. So Ralph Waldo Trine writes in the book In Tune with the Infinite, the optimist has the power of seeing things in their entirety and in their right relations. The pessimist looks from a limited and one-sided point of view. The one has his understanding illumined by wisdom. The understanding of the other is darkened by ignorance. Each is building his world from within. And the result of the building is determined by the point of view of each. The optimist, by his superior wisdom and insight, is making his own heaven. And in, in the degree that he makes his own heaven, is he helping to make one for the world beside? Wow. The pessimist, by virtue of his limitations, is making his own hell. And in the degree that he makes his own hell... Is he helping to make one for mankind? Wow. That's Crazy. really great. Boy, that is good stuff. You got to post that in the show notes so people can read the full quote and go back and look at it. That's fascinating. But I just thought for best of the nest, if we take that into sort of the, the world of best of the nest, isn't that true of our own homes? For sure. That if you're, if what you bring to your home in terms of how you look at the world, you're either creating a heaven or hell in your own home. It's kind of what we talk about all the time. Yes. So I just thought 1897. There it is. There you go. There are no new ideas, right? No. I mean, it's really I great. I know. It's, that's wonderful. I love that. Okay. I just finished a book called Dovetails in Tall Grass by Samantha Specks. And this book was sent to me and I thought... I don't know. You know, I get a lot of books sent to me through work or like I get a lot of releases about books that are coming right. out. And I... I have a hard time because I've got to just kind of decide which ones I can commit to reading. and and But there was something about the description of this one that really stood out. And so I brought it home. I read it. And I'm so happy that I did. So Samantha Specks writes this book uh, from the perspective of two different women. One is a, a white woman who um, – young women who – immigrated to the U.S. from Germany in the 1800s, and the other is a native uh, Dakota woman. And this takes place in Minnesota. It's historical fiction, and it starts with the true story of 38 Dakota Sioux men who were hanged in the largest mass execution in U.S. history. I mean, it is a devastating 
terrible travesty when it comes to the history of this nation and then particularly the state of Minnesota. This happened in 1862. And what Samantha writes about is the perspective of these two young women, and it goes chapter by chapter from uh, from one to the other, and how the 39th man who was pardoned by President Lincoln, how their relationship with him and their interaction with him led to him being that 39th man. And so, I, you know, I don't want to spoil it for you, but that's... That is like the gist of it. And it's based on this true story. So you'll kind of know going in what you're in for and you start to kind of piece it together of like who might be the players in this and and who that 39th man is. But it was just really well done. And, you know, Samantha Specs is a is a white woman. And so she you know, I think that idea of of tiptoeing into writing from the perspective of a native person is uh is challenging and I think could be met with some criticism. She talks a lot and is really upfront on her website and in the book and in like the the little prologue and all of that about how she consulted with an award-winning writer, Diane Wilson, who is uh, of the Dakota tribe, who provided cultural feedback during the writing of the book. And then they also have been making donations to a way of life resource center that supports right. Dakota arts, culture, and leadership. So there's definitely that kind of integration into the book. But I really, I just really enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the story. And I, it was such a reminder of how much I love historical fiction Right. And again, it's called Dovetails in Tall Grass, Samantha Specs. She's a Minnesota native, but now she lives in Texas. And I think she's going to be a big deal. Like, I think you're going to see her and her writing everywhere. Does this have movie potential? Because it would be totally. great for that totally. story. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It would be great for that story to get out there in that way. Yeah. And she talks um, about the moment that the research on this book started, which was years before she wrote it, was when she was – because this happened near Mankato and where she was driving and it was for a family Christmas and she saw members of the Dakota tribe – on horseback walking around that site and she was like well mm-hmm. what happened and they and, and these tribal members go there to pay honor to these men who wow. lost their lives and and so she started like digging into the story and was like this has to be told more and and it is it's a, just another reminder of how there are so many parts of this nation's history that we don't know and that well, we don't that we just don't have a clear picture of and i know there's been some pushback on one culture writing in the persona of another culture. And I think that when a writer does that, you have to, like you said, tread lightly and pay the respect that needs to be paid. I do think that for writers, we shouldn't close them off to where their imagination is going to take them. I think that's a very limiting thing for anybody that's creative. But I love that she had the sensitivity to understand that this was not her story, that she was borrowing a story from a culture and from a people that was very painful and that she paid the honor in trying to interpret it or or tell it. And I keep thinking, as you were saying it, when my husband was getting his PhD, there's something called transportation theory in, in communications, which is it's the telling of stories that people when – you, when you're trying to teach people something, that they receive it much more openly when it's told in story form. Yeah. And so that's what I love about what you're talking about is here's this story that a lot of people don't know, a tragic part of our history that might make people think, oh, you know, our history is great, a little bit more empathetic, 
when it's told in a fictionalized way. Exactly. But the narrative of 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 the history is still true. But people might open their hearts in a different way to hear that story through a book like this. So yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. I think that's great. No, I totally agree. It's really great. Samantha Specs, you should read it if you get the chance. Okay, uh, what are you listening to before we go? Yeah, I'm listening to and and uh, it's a it's I'm listening to it again is a book that I love, which is Give a Girl a Knife, a memoir oh, by Amy Our Thielen. friend Amy Thielen. Yeah, and I picked it because I had a very challenging trip and with my mom. I took my mom to Chicago. She doesn't walk particularly well, so the whole thing was beyond challenging. And when we were and so I get a little stressed when I fly anyway. And then this just added an extra layer of like, oh my God, this is so hard. And so I thought, what could mm-hmm. I listen to that would, would calm me down? And I find Amy Thielen's voice very calming. And I find her storytelling nature and the book itself. It's about her life. It's a memoir really of her cooking in New York, but it's obviously she's a chef. It's so much more than that. But Elizabeth, it was so weird. So we were two hours delayed coming back from Chicago. We get in on the plane at O'Hare. We're delayed another 35 minutes on the plane waiting for the pilot. And then when we leave, I've never had this. We taxied for about 25 minutes. Oh, boy. It was bizarre. I didn't. I thought we were driving to Kansas because we just <laughs> kept going. And for somebody who doesn't love to fly, I manage that anxiety. It's not like through the roof, but I don't love it to be taxing for 25 minutes with my 88-year-old mother, who it's now like 9 o'clock at night. She goes to bed at like seven. Yeah. Um, it was really hard. And so I picked this book and what I had forgotten, and I say this with all sadness and empathy, I had forgotten that Amy Thielen's brother-in-law died in a plane crash. Yeah. And so that part of the story came up while we were taxiing. Oh boy. But you know what? It was very, she was like this lovely voice in my head because it was a reminder of family and how and grief. And she talked a lot about, and she writes beautifully about grief. And so I would never, I would have never thought to recommend this book to somebody who might be grieving. But there's a part of this book, which is all of it's lovely, but is really poignant and is really beautifully done. And so it was just odd that it came up as I'm texting in the thing. Well, she is a phenomenal writer. Her writing is is just outstanding. But if you're grieving... One, it's a lovely story of family. It's a lovely adventure story, but there is this small part of it, or obviously a large mental part of it, but a, a chapter about what this family went through when they lost someone they loved very much. So yeah. really, oh, it's and it's I, I actually would recommend listening to it as opposed to reading it because I, I love her voice. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to recommend the same podcast that I recommended last oh. month. Because what I wanted to do was pick out two specific episodes that I found to be really, really helpful. So sometimes I think like you can recommend a podcast. We always like to recommend that you recommend Best to the Nest. But there are other (laughs) podcasts out there. And I talked about Kelly Levesque, who is – she's like a nutritionist. She's a health coach. She's based in L.A. But I really – 
I like her very much and I, and I think who she interviews on her podcast is really interesting. So there are two episodes that I wanted you guys to listen to. And the first one is with a holistic psychiatrist called, her name is Dr. Nicole Birkins. And I had never heard of her prior to listening to this podcast. And now I follow her on Instagram and I'm going to read her book. What I loved about this episode is that Dr. Nicole Birkins takes exactly what her name is, which is a holistic view of psychiatry, particularly when it comes to children. And she talks about some fundamental food changes Mm. that you can make with your children that she has found that some of the most simple things can completely eradicate some major behavioral problems. Wow. I'll give you one hint. And uh, I mean, a big part of it is protein for breakfast. She says that she will start. What happened was when she was a psychiatrist, she would be doing all this talk therapy and all of these things. And then she realized that like something was missing, that there's something biologically going on that's causing some of the behaviors in some of these kids. And she says that in a really big percentage of of kids, if you switch out their breakfast for something that contains a lot of protein, it can totally set them up for success for the rest of the day, which then kind of led me down this interesting rabbit hole that I've been kind of digging into with other podcasts, which has to do with glucose monitoring. And you think of that as really only being related to diabetics, but it is really interesting when you start looking into what does your glucose level mean for you? And if you can keep a steady blood sugar throughout the day and avoid those peaks and valleys, you will be a much happier person. And so yep. another episode that Kelly Levesque did was with this woman who her name is Jessie Inshasp. She's French, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but she goes by the name on Instagram, the glucose goddess. And she's a researcher who started just creating all of these kind of like catchy little graphs with that would explain some of the research that's coming out on glucose levels. And they're big proponents of using a continuous glucose monitor for a little while right. so that you can figure out like actually what's happening with your glucose levels. But she then I started following the glucose goddess on Instagram and she has so many interesting tidbits um, about like some things that you can do that even if you don't decide to monitor your glucose, you can make some simple little like hack changes. For example, a savory breakfast is like a big thing. I mean, light bulb, I, I, this isn't surprising that if a holistic psychiatrist is saying this can make a big difference in the behavior of children, that it can also impact the moods of adults during their day. Right. Um, but both. Both of those episodes, I think, really go hand in hand in talking about kind of treating, looking more holistically at our mental health as being so interconnected to our body's health. And I found that as a parent and that as a someone in our family that's always trying to kind of maximize our enjoyment of life. I mean, a lot of that fundamentally comes down to feeling good. And so this kind of stuff was really important to me. That both of those, I think, are so important if you have young children. I was pretty strict with my kids. And this idea that food influences behavior is not new. Obviously, there was a lot of talk when I was raising my kids about sugar and the problem with sugar in kids. But I think the research is much more sophisticated now than it was when I was raising my kids. And I just think it, like, to your point, it's fundamental. Make the food taste good. Make it be the best food you can give them within your own budget and cut out all the, cut out everything on the, what did, what did the, on the inner rings of the grocery store. Remember we had one guest that said, just shop the outer ring of the grocery store. Shop, Mm -hmm. yeah, shop Mm -hmm. the perimeter. Yep. 100%. 100%. 
That's great. It's good stuff. Yeah, I think you'd like it because I think sometimes when you recommend a podcast, I like when like a friend recommends a podcast, but they send right. me like a specific episode of like this one I think would be good. So I consider you friends. So I'm sending you these specific episodes. Well, what I love about that too, Elizabeth, is sometimes I just think that we think that, oh, I can't make that change. It's too hard. And I love that those podcasts double down on the idea that this doesn't have to be hard. They're, they can be simple changes that you make one at a time. And could have a profound effect on your child. Yeah, That's it's the true. Best case scenario. That's With great. the acknowledgement that we're swimming upstream. I mean, yep. it's a hard yep. thing because the world and our country is set up to not have you <laughs> succeed with this. You know, I right. mean, there is like junk at every turn. So it's, it's a hard thing to navigate. But I think if you can kind of listen to these folks, it made me feel a little bit less alone in some of the values that oh, I have great. in our home. And then it also made me feel a little bit more validated of like, oh, wow, you know, this stuff really does make a di- big difference. So big there you go, my friends. This has been really fun. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a little review at Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Tell us how you feel about your Volvo. <laughs> Boy, Find we us. really, we take you on a ride here, don't we? <laughs> Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.